On today's show, Media Day is in the books. Damian Lillard has spoken as a Milwaukee Bucks player for the first time. We're going to discuss the interesting points there. Giannis did discuss a contract extension a little bit. So what do we take from Giannis's words today? And even Chris Middleton, the idea of his health status coming into this season, it was nice to hear from Chris. So plenty to break down from Media Day. Let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's post-media day show, uh, which means that now I guess officially we can get stuck into the season, but there's plenty to talk about. Um, we appreciate everyone making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. It's been a massive few days for the channel, uh, which has got me rejuvenated and excited for the basketball season coming up, there's some fresh faces playing on the Bucks, And uh, I think everyone, whether you're old Bucks fans, new Bucks fans, whether you're Portland fans that are just interested in what's going on in Milwaukee, or you're a Boston Celtics fan that wants to jump in the comments and talk a little bit of trash, it's been a fun couple of days for the channel for sure. And we appreciate everyone that's been a part of it. So if you haven't done so yet, subscribe and turn the notifications on. Uh, drop a comment, a like, and review, and do all those things. It's free to do. And I think uh, Locked On Bucks is going to be a fun place to hang out for the fans this year. Uh, media day in the books, though, and obviously we've discussed Damian Lillard a lot over the last few days, Frank, and I think it's been exciting. But today's a, another step when you get to see Dame in the uniform. He fronts a lot of the local media and answers a lot of the questions that I think we all had uh, coming into today. So when you see Damian Lillard in the photos alongside uh, Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, new head coach Adrian Griffin. It gets you a little bit excited. Uh, how did you think Damian Lillard handled the day? Because I, I assume coming into the day, he knew a lot of a lot of the questions that were going to come. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, still surreal to see Dame Lillard in, in that yes. Bucks zero jersey, right? I mean, uh, you know, this this was like the ultimate win for like, uh, you know, NBA Instagram Photoshop wish casters uh you know think yes think of all the like random photoshops over the years and you know like how many times like you know based on no context over the last few years like you know there's like random photoshops of damon a bucks jersey like somebody would post it and be like all right but i mean whatever like he's not coming to milwaukee and then he came to milwaukee you know and here we are and um yeah it's it's still still surreal i mean it'll be surreal to see drew holiday in a celtics jersey um, but you know, I think we can focus on, uh, the fun of seeing Dame Lillard in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, I think he carried himself like you'd expect Dame Lillard to take care of himself. Right. I mean, I think he was, um, you know, I, you can tell it's been a process for him to get to the point of like being like, all right, I'm, I'm really leaving Portland. Right. And, and not just cause he didn't go to Miami, but, um, but just leaving Portland for anywhere, I think was, was going to be 
an adjustment process. And, you know, especially with Milwaukee, I mean, you know, the Bucks were not a team that we thought would be in this position. Right. And so we were all shocked. And so I think we, I think we can accept that Damian Lillard was also, you know, pretty surprised. And I think, um, you know, he did let on that about two weeks before the trade, you know, there was some conversation basically saying that like, Hey, they were, you know, open to coming to Milwaukee that, um, you know, this was not going to be a situation where he, he didn't want to come to the bucks. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I think, again, I, I think we've still been seeing him in some respect kind of process all of this in real time. And, you know, I think for all the bucks as well, there's been that process as well. And like every buck, you know, that, that came on stage today, whether it was Giannis, Chris, you know, Brooke, everybody, right? Like everybody had to sort of balance this excitement for Dame with this respect for Drew Holiday and the acknowledgement of what the Bucks were going to miss with Drew Holiday no longer being here. So, you know, it was kind of a, a, an interesting day in that regard, right? You had Wes Eden sort of starting the day off saying this is the most excited that, you know, he and ownership has been coming into a season. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I think it probably fitting in a lot of ways that ownership was kicking off today. I mean, they usually do. Right. But, uh, but given, I think what this move said about ownership's commitment to giving the bucks the best chance possible in a championship, showing Giannis the commitment level, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, since that maybe is the, the biggest headline in some ways um, coming out of this in terms of Giannis and, and his comments. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, I think, I think it's okay that Damian Lillard isn't like, you know, just smiling ears to ear and, and, and whatever, right? Like it, it's, I think he's happy to be here. I think uh, there was another later article after uh, interview that he did with Chris Haynes. who obviously he's very close with, um, and they talked a little bit about just sort of, you know, literally how they were texting about this after, um, after the trade went down and conversations that they had immediately thereafter. And, you know, I think the the big takeaway was Dame's comment that like, you know, he's in the right place, you know? And, and so I think, um, you know, again, I've, I, I could do without, I mean, every, like, it's like every, uh, every athlete, you know, Giannis does it too. Like everybody always like gives Milwaukee these backhanded compliments about like being like, Oh, there's not a lot of, dis- <laughs> Giannis did it again today. Like, Oh, there's like, you know, it's great. Cause there's not a lot of distractions. It's like, okay, you're just calling our city boring, dude. Like, can you, can you work a little bit harder to talk about like the actual cool things that, yeah, that Milwaukee has going for it. Um, so anyway, there was still a little bit of that, right? Like, you know, Damian Lord acknowledged, like, you know, normally when he's been here, he's been in a hotel and, you know, it's been snowing and not exactly ideal. So it was nice. It was nice. We at least got some acknowledgement that Maki is, you know, a beautiful place uh, in the wind, in the fall months. And uh, hopefully Damian Lord gets to experience, uh, you know, mid June basketball in Milwaukee uh, next, next year with the deep finals run and, and all that. And he gets to, to see what it's like when it's uh, when it's actually warm in Milwaukee. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, I thought it was, you know, largely par for the course from kind of what, you know, what I think we probably expected. Um, I don't know anything stand out to you, any surprises from at least like the Dame piece in particular. I, I don't know if there are any big surprises, but again, that's a lot of that's just cause Dame's a polished guy. He's, been you know been through this before and i think obviously he had a a plan on you know how he wanted to address everything no i i think it was uh pretty standard stuff in terms of what i expected from him but the one thing that i did think was cool 
Uh, I like seeing the human side of it. And I think you're exactly right. I, I don't give a crap about all this, uh, you know, whether it's Miami fans, Boston, whoever it is saying that, gee, he's not smiling too much. I couldn't care less. Out of all the superstars that have played in, in different cities and now have been traded or whatever, the one thing that just shines through absolutely clearly is how much Damian Lillard cares about Portland and the fact that even when he made the trade request to Miami, this was not a decision that he came to lightly and he's been there for over a decade and he's discussed with Chris Haynes and this is perhaps what I thought was the most interesting. He discussed with Chris Haynes the idea of how four or five years ago, maybe he wasn't ready to make this move and he didn't feel like he had done everything he could in Portland and, and maybe he, he mentally wasn't prepared to make a move at this stage in his career. But the one thing that clearly came through is how desperate he is to win. And I think that he did a pretty good job of explaining how it went from real shock to then, okay, this is happening. I'm going to Milwaukee. What does that look like? And then he said that he spoke with Terry Stotts and there's a level of comfort there. He spoke with Giannis. He bumped into Chris Middleton. Adrian Griffin had a conversation with him. And then all of a sudden, once he actually started to wrap his head around the idea of playing for this team, I think the easy realization for him to make was, I've never been in a position where I'm going into the season and the expectation is to win a title. He said that he always thought internally he could win in Portland, but now this is very different because everyone on the outside thinks that you can win and he's never been in that position before. And I think that's why over the last 72, 98 hours, 96 hours, he's started to realize, uh, okay, this is a situation that whether or not it was my first choice, this is a situation now that's going to put me in the best position to win that I've ever been in. Yeah. And, you know, again, I, I, I think, again, it'll just be interesting to see kind of the adjustment period and, I mean, this this is the upside of this happening so close to, to the start of the preseason is that, you know, we don't have to then spend the rest of the summer just sort of talking in abstract terms about what this could look like. You know, I think I think we've had enough conversations, you know, lost enough discussion about like Giannis and Dame pick and roll. It's like, all right, like it it should be great on paper. Um, yes, yes. But, you know, as as Giannis and, and Dame kind of alluded to, you know, that from the conversation they had, you know, I think Giannis's point was, you know, yeah, it's it's should this should be great. But, you know, now it's just it's about the work. Right. And that's mm-hmm. obviously uh, something that, you know, is is kind of unifying for them. I thought it was interesting. You know, Robin Lopez cracked me up with his availability. Um <laughs> I think he was talking about reading a biography about Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. And then someone asked him what's allowed him to, you know, stay in the NBA so long. And he said, you know, his knowledge of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall or something to that effect. And I, I just, that just cracked me up, but, but he did have in the end some, obviously as anticipated some, you know, little barbs for, for Brooke. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting. He, he said, you know, people always like to ask about like, well, who's the hardest working, you know, guy that you've seen in the NBA. And, you know, he mm. said he's had the the pleasure that, you know, he's, he's, you know, obviously been around the league work, play, played with tons of guys. And the kind of common refrain that he always comes back to is, you know, the Dame Giannis and Jimmy Butler, which was kind of interesting. Cause it's like, you know, you kind of forget all the stops that, that Robbins had, but, you know, he did have that period, um, where it must have been Chicago, you know, where they overlapped. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of see the, the, you know, Robin Lopez with, with some nuggets of, of, uh, of uh, you know, 
interesting wisdom uh, in in his piece too. But but yeah, so I mean, you know, I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit more like about some of the other conversations from other folks. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like you know, let's roll out the ball. Let's let's see kind of what these guys look like. And you know, I think Giannis also referenced, you know, as far as like the the pick and roll and, and all that stuff. He was like, look, I we don't know. Like we gotta watch film, right? Watch what guys did how they played it in in portland you know what did guys do well what did work there you know what's worked well for us and and then just go out and play and and kind of uh kind of understand i thought it was funny he talked about how you know you can play with with chris and run pick and roll with chris in his sleep right they just know each other so well so uh so we'll see we'll see how much of a kind of acclimation process there is but hopefully um you know great players typically find a way pretty quickly so hopefully uh it, it won't take long it should be no surprise with Giannis and Dame, as you pointed to, but there was definitely a sense of these guys already being very, very eager to get to work, which is fun. And, and I do wonder what it's going to look like in the preseason for this team uh, around a week now until the preseason opens up. So as you pointed to, not too long uh, for Bucks fans to wait, but let us know in the YouTube comments what were your takeaways from Dame. There's plenty more. We're going to try and get through a few plays here. Uh, so there'll be lots to talk about uh, in the YouTube chat there. We're going to get to Giannis next. He was, of course, asked about the contract extension and what this trade for Damian Lillard could mean for that. So we'll get to that after we talk about Ibotta. It is football season, so that means uh, pizza, wings, maybe even some buffalo chicken dip as well. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate or on your couch, go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. The weather is getting cooler. Uh, don't tell Dame, but that means it's time to stock your closet with winter clothes. With Ibotta, you can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and more for the whole family. So you've got to go shopping. It's a fact of life. You may as well get cash back on it as well, and you can do that with Ibotta. So download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCK to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. Uh, that's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code All right, coming up on Locked On Bucks tomorrow, I'm catching up with our friends over at Locked On Celtics. We've had a few crossover podcasts over the years, but John Corrales did reach out to me and say, hey, it might be time for us to have a chat. I'm sure there is a lot of optimism in that camp around Drew Holiday and what that can mean. So we're going to talk Bucks and Celtics tomorrow. And I have the prediction that the YouTube comments will be pretty fiery after we do that podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, subscribe and turn the notifications on. Or you'll know every single time we drop uh, podcast. Let's get to Giannis Frank. And we've kind of touched on the Dame stuff that he's discussed. But no question, if you're a Bucks fan now, you're saying, okay, well, the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard. You wanted Milwaukee to prove that you're a contender. That means you're signing an extension, right? Well, Giannis already said it's not going to happen this summer. I did have one quote that was more tongue-in-cheek and funny than anything, but I took this from Eric Name's athletic story. But the, the grab is online. He says, I don't remember where I said it, but I said it did not make sense to sign a contract right now because money isn't important, but a lot of effort money is important. And then he started laughing. So I'm going to sign it next year. Uh, he did go on to say that, you know, hopefully the Bucks win a title this year. Uh, then the decision maybe is a, is a little bit easier. And he, he did say, hopefully the offer's on the table. Uh, Giannis, I, I can give you the tip now. I think the offer is going to be on the table. But what did you take from the contract stuff? Because clearly... He had a laugh, as he always does. It was a pretty jovial contract uh, contract discussion. Uh, but uh, nothing changes. We know he's not going to sign it this year. Uh, but did you take anything of interest from those questions? 
it's funny because I think if you know you can take some of his literal comments, um, and I would say it was also just generally um, a different vibe with the way that you know he was saying a lot of the same stuff. You could argue that that in what he said previously over the past few weeks, uh, but he was there, there was something about the the tone behind it and just the energy in the room, you know, which mm-hmm. you know we talked about the other day, right? Like getting Dame sort of just completely flips, I think the kind of overarching narrative from a media perspective and really changes the vibe in media day, right. From, you know, we didn't really change anything other than the coach and, you know, we got to impress Giannis to, well, we just showed the commitment to winning that, you know, and Giannis acknowledged that. Right. I mean, he, I think he said, you know, he, Let's just say this. I think the way that he framed the need for winning, a commitment to winning, um, was much more uh, not skeptical, but he, you know, I think he, it was much more of a show me type mindset, sort of underlying the the discussions that happened over the past month in the New York Times article and the Forty Eight Minutes podcast. Here, I think it was he he acknowledged right that he acknowledged that his teammates that, you know, there wasn't anything that, that his teammates had done in the last couple of years, something like that, that inspired that commitment thing. Right. It was not intended as a, a shot at everyone now again. Right. You never know. Maybe, it, maybe there was something on his mind there and you know, he's now he's just kind of making sure that uh, he plays nice, but um, you know, I, I think the, the vibe around the team, I don't think it's been complete. I wouldn't say it's a complete, can be completely turned around because I think, if you actually spent time with the bucks over the past couple of weeks, you know, like before the trade, I would be shocked if there was angst with, you know, Chris and Brooke and Giannis and all the role players and all those guys, something tells me those guys were business as usual, regardless of, of what the national yeah. media may have been talking about with Giannis and, you know, speculating about, you know, like, pick packages that might get him a year from now if he decides he wants to leave. Right. Like, I I don't, I don't think that was necessarily in the building um, anyway, but, um, and this was alluded to by, uh, you know, multiple people throughout the day. I, I, again, I, I think there is value in disrupting things a little bit and shaking things up a little bit. And, you know, Giannis has talked obviously about not wanting to feel comfortable and I think he, he kind of alluded to that today again as well. Like, you know, if you're just sort of in the same place, I think Dame did as well, right? You kind of get comfortable um, just being in your same place year after year after year after year, right? And so I think if Giannis was letting us into some of his thoughts around why he might move, you know, or why he might want to leave over the past few weeks, I'm sure part of it was the idea that like, you know, the Bucks have been steady and kept the same group and there's obvious upsides to that, but it's also, you know, it means there's an opportunity for things to get stale, right? If you keep the same, same group and you don't win, then it gets stale. If you keep the same group and you win championships, then, you know, you're a dynasty, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I just think that there's a, uh, an aspect of, of this acquisition that not only is it, you know, you're, you're upgrading and getting, you know, the best player that Giannis has played with, and putting him into the mix there. But, um, you know, you're just changing the energy around the team and kind of refreshing things, right? Which is not, again, not a shot at, at Drew or something like that um, by any stretch. It's just, you know, 
again, and it's not change for change's sake, right? We see teams kind of change things up just to change things up. This was intended to make the team better, raise their ceiling. And, um, you know, again, now we'll see them kind of roll the ball out. And, and I, I've been sort of thinking about it a little bit, you know, I think, I think, I think in a lot of ways the off season is about, you know, making the big moves to raise your ceiling as a team. And sometimes, you know, that means also small, smaller moves, right. Complimentary moves. Um, but in some ways it's like, you know, you, you kind of try to raise your ceiling in the off season and then you kind of start playing the actual games you see, you know, do role players pan out, do young guys develop, you know, what does it look like with the group together? And then based on that, right. You can, you know, kind of shore up role players, rotation spots, you know, if you can't play a certain way and you think you might need to, right. You can kind of do some things during the season, whether it's through, um, trades or buyouts or whatever it might be to, to try to address that and, and tweak it. Right. But you're not, again, you know, the, the history of teams making massive trades and then winning championships. I mean, it, it pretty much doesn't really happen, right? Like you can find random examples like the you know, rockets acquiring Clyde Drexler in 95 at the trade deadline and then winning a championship, but that's pretty rare, right? Like normally the big moves that get made, um, they have to happen in the off season if you're going to win, because of it. And we've seen that ourselves, right. With, with Drew holiday and the first Drew holiday trade and winning a championship after that move. So, um, so yeah, um, I, I don't know that Giannis said anything that was really that different, but I think just the, you know, kind of, you took some of the kind of literal comments he made as you kind of read them off. Um, you can sort of take that in a more positive light. And then just, again, I think just the energy, and the acknowledgement of commitment that that he made, I think, um, you know, again, even if it's not a vast departure or, uh, you know, some sort of guarantee that he's going to sign an extension in a year, um, I, I think, again, it, it, it has just contributed to sort of this this flipping of the of the narrative. I don't know what it would have exactly looked like if this trade didn't go down, but it did feel like there was probably a significant edge taken away from media day if the trade didn't happen because there would have been different context to what's gone on over the last few weeks. And you mentioned whether it's uh, finding comfort, but getting stale, you know, bored is probably the, the most aggressive word I would use. And we've had so many discussions on this podcast in the last couple of regular seasons about how difficult is it to be motivated in December, January, early Feb in some of these games. I think that's going to be taken away this year because there is new players in the roster. The Bucks are going to want to start the season well and they're going to want to find that chemistry. So I think it also makes uh, the beginning of this season so fascinating. And at some point down the road, Frank, I want to talk to you about the idea of pressure for this team. There would have been pressure anyway, but I wonder if it's elevated or, or what it all looks like uh, for this team if things don't start well in the regular season. But we'll get time to talk about that. I want to talk about Chris Middleton next because I think he was a fascinating player. We haven't heard a lot from him. Over the last few months, we know he had off-season surgery. So let's get to Chris Milton next. I've got some bad news for some of our listeners, Frank. I've had a few comments over the last few days along the lines of, well, thank goodness. Now we don't need to hear you talk about how important Chris Milton is to this team. I'm sorry to say... Chris Middleton is still incredibly important to this team. And the health of Chris Middleton could be the thing that helps get this Bucks team over the top when it gets to postseason basketball. So he is still a critical player for the Milwaukee Bucks this season. Uh, one quote that I, I found interesting, he was asked specifically about the knee and the surgery that he had. 
and he referenced the fact that you know, we remember when he came back uh, around uh, Feb uh, for that second comeback that he had, I believe it was, might have been late January, and the Bucks went on a massive run to end the season. But he also referenced the fact that the team had already decided and they already knew that halfway through the season, around that time when he came back, that he was going to need surgery. It just wasn't an injury that was getting better. And I think that's an interesting tidbit to know because I think if you're looking for upside for this team, clearly Damian Lillard, some of the other pieces, we talked about Beauchamp, we're hoping there. But if Chris Middleton is healthy, which he clearly hasn't been for the last 18 months, that is a significant boost for this Milwaukee Bucks team. So almost hearing the fact that they knew the whole time that he needed surgery, I can be looking for positives wherever I want to look for them. But it almost made me think, okay, he's had an extended offseason here. Here we go. We might be looking at the healthiest Chris Middleton we've seen over the last couple of years anyway. That's certainly what you're hoping for if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, and just one note as well. So um, I, I feel like uh, I'm like the, the, you know, walking injury file on, on Chris Milton. But Chris Milton, the injury that he had against the Bulls in the playoffs two years ago, that was his left knee, okay, the, yep. the MCL injury. The surgery, he never had surgery on that knee. The, the surgery this summer was on his right knee, which is the knee that he had surgery on in, uh, in college and which has been sort of this knee, you know, he's talked about last year that, you know, he kind of always has to like manage it and ramp it up during off seasons to kind of get it ready. And, um, you know, I think there was talk that I heard some stray talk around the all-star break last year. I think Chris had had missed a game, I think right around leading the all-star break um, about, you know, like, Oh, is he going to need like surgery to wear some, you know, the the worst remove some loose bodies, right? Like one of those type things, like a cleanup. Um, obviously they didn't, they didn't do that. Right. He was able to play through the rest of the season and the playoffs. And, you know, again, like obviously, you know, defensively you could see he was, he was, you know, not what he, what he wanted to be in the playoffs, but offensively, you know, scored really efficiently. Of course we wish, you know, he could have made some buckets in fourth quarters along with everybody else on the team, but, you know, 60% true shooting or whatever it was on 24, you know, points per game. I mean, Chris gave you about as much as you probably would have could have hoped going into the playoffs. So, um, so to hear him saying like, Hey, I just feel great. I don't feel the pain anymore is really encouraging because obviously anytime there's a surgical procedure on a knee, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's the glass half full of like, Oh, great. You know, it was bothering him and now it's taken care of. And now he's going to be in a better place. That's certainly, you know, that aligns with what we heard from Chris today, but the flip side, you know, the, obviously you can be, paranoid cynical about it and say well geez here we go surgery all right you know what, what do they do what did they clean up right you start cleaning up you know then you know what what do you what do you have left are, are they taking away cartilage shaving you know meniscus is what, what exactly are they doing in there um to to kind of alleviate the issue so um so again we you know i i will be an optimist um i will say you know glass half full it was interesting we i don't I don't recall any questions for Giannis about his knee and his surgery, um, which, you know, like I, I would have been curious to hear like how that sort of impacted, you know, his off season and kind of what he was trying to do from a developmental standpoint a you know, just recovery standpoint. Cause I mean, he's never had surgery for anything in his life. So that was a new thing. Mm. Um, you know, he was obviously, it's not like he was like on crutches for any like extended period, right. He was in China like a week or two afterwards walking around with just a wrap on it. So, um, so it'd be interesting, you know, I, I hope we at some point here, Giannis maybe 
provide some perspective on, you know, how that changed his, his summer plan and kind of what he did from a, you know, skill perspective. Right. But, um, we also know, you know, if you ask Giannis how he's doing, he'll tell you, he feels, you know, hundred <laughs> percent and you know, he'll that's never, right. he'll never acknowledge, um, any sort of, sort of injury, uh, that that's like hurting him. You know, like he, he always feels great, right. His leg could be falling off and, you know, he's, he's, he feels great. Right. Just a, another quick note here. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who you referenced, and Robin Lopez did say that he was glad Brooke didn't win Defensive Player of the Year, so he didn't have to hear about it. Uh, but Brooke Lopez did speak about the idea that he always wanted to stay in Milwaukee. And I think, you know, as we discussed what the contract extension would look like for Brooke Lopez or a new contract as a free agent, I think we all just decided that he was at the point in his career, uh, coming off the surgery that he had, that he deserved to be paid. And I, I think it was just the process there of you had another team that was willing to offer him a significant amount of money and the Bucks had to come to the, to, uh, had to come to the party because uh, this is the last, maybe the last big contract Brooks going to get. But I think ultimately based on what we know about him and how much fun he seemed to have in Milwaukee over the last five years, I, I don't think it was a surprise to hear him talk about uh, wanting to come back to Milwaukee, but uh, going through the business part of things for the first time, in a little while for him. And I thought it was uh, much deserved. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there, there wasn't any drama about his previous contract, right? He signed that four year, $52 million deal, which, uh, you know, even with the right, you know, the cap at the time being much lower than it was now. I mean, that was, you know, even when he signed that, right. It was kind of like, man, if he is the continues to be the guy that we just saw in that first year, make that huge impact, this feels like a bargain. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't begrudge Brooke getting, getting paid, right. It's a two-year deal. Right. So, I mean, from like a risk perspective, there's not a whole lot of risk. Um, and you know, I, I mean, look at the Celtics with Al Horford, right. Al Horford's a couple years older than Brooke and has continued to sort of defy age and expectations, obviously play, you know, slightly different types of games, but, um, you know, uh, again, just. Brooke is just one of those guys like, you know, I think when we look back on this, you know, we try, we try to acknowledge it sort of in the moment while we were watching this team each year, but um, such a unique combination of offensive skill, like just, you know, like the, the shots, those weird, you know, step back, slow motion jump jumpers that he makes from mid range, um, the touch he has around the basket. Uh, and then obviously the defense, which we always, I think, probably acknowledge and talk about, uh, to do all those things and then on top of it just be this like super lovable stand-up guy super smart you know i'm uh, again i don't know what robin's gonna be for this team role-wise but uh hey you know robin lopez telling jokes delivering quotes um i'm i'm at least gonna enjoy that and having those two guys together again is is a lot of fun so uh so yeah just uh just an a plus dude and um you know uh, hopefully we get another couple years to cement Brooke Lopez's uh, eventual Jersey retirement. Um, hard, hard to believe he's been here five years already. Right. I mean, it's like he started, showed up when Bud did five years here, obviously the one year marred by injuries, but remarkably durable otherwise and knock on wood, he'll continue to do that. And, um, you know, hopefully continue to be obviously a, a huge part of, of what this team, um, you know, is and, and again, how they succeed at the highest levels. 
I mentioned Brooke Lopez surgery. Uh, hopefully Chris Milton went to the same surgeon because it seemed to work well uh, for Brooke Lopez last year. And we'll see how the health looks there. All right, we've hit most of the main players here and some of the major talking points uh, from media day today. But let us know if there's anything else you want us to talk about or any other thoughts you had. If you were able to sit down at home and watch the live stream, it's always a pretty exciting day, particularly when you've got some new players uh, in the building there. So that's Bucks Media Day in the books. Make sure you subscribe. And get involved in the conversation wherever you listen or watch to the show. We appreciate it. Frank, you're on the road. I don't know where you are in America, but you are on the road somewhere. Staying up late for Locked on Bucks. I'll chat to you later this week for sure. Bucks and Celtics crossover tomorrow. That'll have the people fired up. We look forward to that. But we'll leave it there. 